This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Happy Friday, and welcome back. We are here to talk about another episode, episode five of Defending Jacob. We've made it through another week. We've watched another episode, and we are so happy to be here to talk about this episode. I'm Latoya Blakey, your host, joined by my amazing co-host. We have Kay Montgomery who is a human development and school counseling professional. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, hey. So excited to get into episode four today, you guys. Oh. And we also have Elgin, who is a huge Chris Evans fan. What's up, y'all? I'm just ready to get into this episode. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> it's a lot to talk about. We're mm-hmm. talking about the spit around the world, the boring figure, and Andy's investigation. We also have a special segment brought by Kay, as well as news and gossip brought by Elgin in our predictions for next episode. So make sure you stay tuned throughout the entire episode today. We have a lot to cover. So let's just jump right in and give me your overall thoughts for this episode. That's my thought in a, in a picture. Um, there was a lot going on. I really felt a lot of movement in the story. A lot of things were uncovered for me personally. Um, yeah. Okay. Elgin, what do you think? I thought this is one of the best episodes so far, if I'm being honest, because they gave you everything. The pacing was right this time. I felt like last episode, the pacing was a little bit slow, but they notched it up this episode. And the beginning scene got me. I love that scene. It was amazing. So it was a good episode. And when you say beginning scene, are you talking about the graduation scene? Oh, um, no, the scene between Andy and his dad. His dad. So uh, okay. Yes. okay, got it, got it. Uh, well, my thoughts for this episode, I really liked Lori in this episode. I feel like we, I think she's doing a really good job of telling the story of a parent who is dealing with a child in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to see a lot of, a lot about a lot of different characters. And so I agree with the two of you. I thought that this was a very informative episode with a lot of meat and Elgin, the pacing was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a good episode. There was a lot to talk about. So let's just jump right in. The spit felt around the world, right? So like, I'm watching Lori go through this grocery store and I'm like, yes, like Lori's feeling a little better. This song yeah. is playing. Apparently it looks like it's about to be the 4th of July. She's like going for it. And she's like feeling good. And then we see her face and we see that she has seen something. 
I thought that maybe she saw like the the article of her um, or saw like a news headline that like caught her attention. But they pan up and we see that it's um, Ben's mom. And she slowly walks over to Lori. They face off and then she spit in her face. And I felt like Lori felt like I literally physically recalled and was like, what did this woman just do? Now, okay, we talked about this a little bit, so I kind of know how you feel. Just jump right in and tell me what you thought about this. I mean, it was a shocking scene for sure. I think that the writers really do a good job of letting us always see the other side, right? So we got to go to the graduation, even though nobody from Jacob's family was there, we got to see the other perspective of what's happening to the other family to an extent. And so when she had the face off with Joan, and Joan spit in her face. I was like, oh, man. Hey, listen, Lori cannot win. You can't fight Joan, the mother of the poor dead boy. You know what I mean? Especially when everybody's judging you for being the mother of a murderer. Then they're going to be like, look at Jacob's mom fighting people in the grocery store. She's violent. He's violent. She couldn't have called the cops and been like, this lady spit on me or told anybody in the story, excuse me, this lady spit on me. Once they find Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Not the dynamic between them two. People are going to square up and take her side. It's all, she's already a pariah in that community. There was essentially nothing that she could do but leave her marshmallows in their car and get to step into her car. And she did the right thing. Because that was a no-win situation for Lori. It's a no-win situation. There's LJ. no way she could have won. <clears throat> Tell me your thoughts. If I was Lori, that lady would have got a couple marshmallows or, or hot dog packs on her way because you're not about to spit in my face. Like, like that's the ultimate disrespect. But but the, the worst thing about it was Lori was finally kind of out of that peak of depression. You know, she was like, you can kind of tell. That's what that's the one thing I do love about this show even more is that they use little dialogue in those moments to show like facial expressions and and those facial expressions really tell a story to the audience you can see like she was like you know what we're gonna go for this fourth of july thing that's what we're gonna do you can see like in a way that she was moving and the way that the music was going and i love how they manipulated music in that in that first part and then just go on that descent in that moment where she just got spat in the face so disrespectful but yeah it couldn't be me we we not getting this bit in the face and not doing it couldn't be me do you know what i feel a part of that is like she felt like not only did she know she couldn't win but the position she's in now she feels like she deserves it a little like i felt like once she took it she felt like she went to the um the doctor after that and she was just you know talking and you know maybe there was something i should have done i saw it i should have known i think she's blaming herself it's so interesting how much she blames herself and how andrew doesn't blame himself at all i disagree i don't think she felt like she deserved it maybe she felt like she could understand 
Jones feeling, mm -hmm. right? Like this is a grieving mother, but I do not feel like Lori felt like she deserved to be spit on. I'm with Elgin on that one, but I would have gone a bit further. I'm not throwing marshmallows or buns. Like I'm throwing fits. Like we would have been fighting hands. in that grocery store. <laughs> the owls would have been torn up. I don't need to call the cops. I don't need to report it because I'm about to take care of you myself. Like that was ultimate disrespect. It's a trashy thing to do. And Joan could have stared her down and kept walking, but to spit in her face, to spit in her face, especially when this boy is still innocent. Like, have we forgotten that yeah. he's still proven guilty? And then she, no, she's the mom. She don't think I don't give a. Guilty. She thinks this boy has murdered his son. Like, the I least she can do is spit on his mom. No, least absolutely do. not. Your son probably was trash, right? Because, and then we have it. Like, we had the idea that Ben was the bully. And if you came from a mama who thinks it's okay to walk around spitting on people, then he probably was the bully. I think there's a lot about that family that we're going to find out. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I wish she would have spit on... Andy, if you want to spit on somebody, spit on Andy. What would you say? You got the right one. You got the right one. Because Andy... But I do think she blames herself. I stand by that. But you know what? I didn't like Joan, even at the funeral, when she stood, not at the funeral, at the graduation. The graduation. Right. And she was like, our son isn't here. Well, clearly, clearly, we know he's not there. Thank you. And then she was like, I'm just here to express how proud Ben would have been to see his friends graduate. What friends? Right, he was bullied. Well, I mean, all of now them. we know Ben's a sexual predator, right? So, right, like we haven't seen any friends. So who would he have been proud of? Like I'm really confused as to what's happening right here. So like I already wasn't feeling Joan, but after that spit, like I was, um, she needs to yeah. get a, a whoop. It's sad to uh, say, but <laughs> one of his friends left him in the ditch. That's what happened, but that's none of my business. But <laughs> but but and I. So we're going to come to this. The poor dead boy is what uh -huh. Kay said. So this is going to play perfectly into talking about the boring figure. But before we go there, <laughs> I just want to take one minute to thank our viewers and our listeners for tuning in. Um, we have really great numbers on this show, and we couldn't do this without you. This is such an interesting show to talk about. We love showing up here on Fridays and, and engaging in healthy debate. <laughs> So keep watching, keep listening. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars, leave us comments. We like to read them. Um, so thanks for joining. That takes us into the boring figure. Um, I knew what she was talking about, the doctor, when she explained it, but I'd never mm -hmm. heard like the actual term for it. Um, but the idea that it represents two different things in one thing. And so the doctor said like, the boring figure fits your your situation and it's not odd that you would have two different perceptions of your son like two radically different perceptions of mm -hmm. your son and so even before we had gotten there like i jotted down different perceptions because we have andy who in my opinion is a bully to these kids but then he faces off to his dad and he's a coward so we have andy i'm like who is andy like who is he really and then we have case the poor dead boy who is ben is he this poor dead boy who like missed mm -hmm. his friend's graduation or was he a bully and a sexual predator? You know, like there are just so many people with like different Man. perspectives. And then Jacob, who is Jacob? 
I'm like, I could go on and on about that. <laughs> yeah, I got a problem with him, but right. yeah. But y'all jump in and just let me know what you think about the boring figure and that idea of having radically different perceptions in the same person or the same thing and the people in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because nothing changes um, with the boring figure, right? Like it doesn't, it is, it's not altering. The longer you look at it, the more you change its angle or people see it differently. But it's always two things, right? It's always the old lady and the young lady in the hat. So maybe your boy, um, not Derek, sorry. Maybe Ben is both things. He's a sexual predator and it's sad because he was murdered, right? He's the same. He he can be both things. It can, Jacob can be a just like a normal kid that flipped a switch and was getting bullied and murdered somebody in the park. Like, mm-hmm. it is kind of wild. Like, it's possible that Andrew can be a good father and believe that in being a good father, he got to go shake down people <laughs> to get the truth about yeah. his son. So, like, the boring figure does not change, right? The perceptions, like, who's looking at it changes. And the longer you look at it, the more you look at it. So I think, I I mean, that duality is possible. The idea that uh, when Derek was talking, when Derek was getting shut down by Andrew and he said, you know, maybe you don't know your son. He watches, he has a dark side. Well, a dark side implies that there's a light side, right? That there's like two pieces to a puzzle. And my thing is like, can those two things exist uh, in the same person? Elgin, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, that was interesting because I never heard of that theory before. So it was cool that they played it out in the episode. But it did remind me of this one philosophy, a philosophical theory, and that you can have two contradicting and opposing ideas or like um, theories about a person. And although they're contradicting, they can still both be true at the same time. So I'm thinking that this might play a big part in the next few episodes in terms of like the duality of certain characters. And I think I'm going to be really shocked at some of these people because I feel like some of these people present themselves to be good. And I think that's like almost in any type of relationship, like people put their best foot forward and slowly down the line, you kind of see, you know, that true person. And And it's not necessarily that they put their best foot forward, but they could be that way still down the line, but I think some of these people kind of low down the shady in these uh, in this shell. So I think some of that will be revealed really, really soon. Well, to even go a step beyond that, I think that we are all mm-hmm. complex beings and we have the yeah. ability to embody multiple characteristics at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to think that we have maybe a dominant trait and like a dominant mm-hmm. thing of what we are, right? Like if Kay is really kind. Yes, she has other sides to her. She can get mm-hmm. angry. She can do this. She can do that. But generally speaking, Kay is kind. If I said that Elgin is really loving and intelligent, then maybe those are dominant, his dominant traits. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. he never has a moment of like not being able to answer a question or like mm-hmm. not feeling the most loving. But what's really, I think, getting my attention is I don't know these characters and their dominant traits. You know what I mean? Like, if I had to say mm-hmm. Andy's dominant trait, I would say that Andy is a coward. That would be my dominant trait because every time we see him, he's yelling and upset and like beating up on children. Both mm-hmm. Jacob, 
when we see him and Jacob, he's usually yelling at Jacob or like upset about something. And then we see him, he was nice to Sarah, but to Derek, he's stalking a kid. Like he is stalking a kid. And then he lies yeah. about it. He throws Duffy under the bus, right? Like he lied about his interaction with Duffy to try to get information from Derek. We see him mm-hmm. at Matt's house and he's like talking to a child, like the child is a POS. And then we see him with his dad and his dad, who's on the other side of a glass wall. And Andy's like, basically like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Like he had, oh. he had like, I want to say no balls. Like he just did not say it up to him. And so I think that I'm just very interested to see who these people actually are. You got, you own something. Because I feel like all the female characters that he's been talking to, he's like totally different from when he interacts with these male characters. And you see that with Laura, you see that with the lawyer, you see that with Sarah. And then you kind of see on the other side, he's kind of more so antagonistic towards all of the men that were showcased in this episode so far. Like Derek, his father almost kind of, and his son. But I don't know. It's too much for me. <laughs> it's a lot of parallels. And his dad was really interesting. You should apologize to me. I was like, wow. Yeah. His that dad was is so fascinating. Right. For his dad to be like, you abandoned me. Bro, you're a murderer. Like, that was so shocking to me <laughs> that his dad was angry at him and felt abandoned. And so I was like, if you want the spit so bad, why don't you just lie and be like, just take it on the chin and be like, my dad, my bad dad, I am sorry. And then never see her, never see your dad again. But I thought it was interesting that like he refused to apologize. He wouldn't just cave so that he could get the information that he needed. I was, I thought that was really interesting. But he also didn't stand up to his dad. Like I just felt Mm -hmm. like he played it like very middle of the ground, like middle ground. And even with a dad, said something about his mom. And I think it was like the mom died from cancer or something like that. No, mm-hmm. or maybe he asked like, how was your mom? And, and Andy was like, she did an okay job. Like he, he just never put his foot down and like stood up for himself or for his family. Like he, he, to me, he just played it very safe. Like he didn't cave either to like apologize to his dad. I think he would have mm-hmm. if dad gave him a chance, but dad was like, I'm out. What I thought was interesting and I don't know if y'all remember, I was like, maybe we found out that, like, the dad isn't guilty. Um, <laughs> dad was basically like, yeah, I murdered that girl, and you know your son murdered him. He didn't like, care at all. all. <laughs> I was like, what? He was like, yeah, we both what? innocent. Okay. He was like, we... <laughs> <laughs> okay. He said, I got another killer in the house. Throwing it. I was like, J.K. Smith, what are you doing out in these streets? Oh, he was great. He was good. And I also think it's interesting that Lori went back. And it was because of Lori that he agreed. Yeah. And that was interesting that he knew that Lori went back. Because I didn't realize where I was like, wow, that's weird. Why would he change his mind? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that either in the beginning. So what did you all think about what I'm calling the trifecta? So Andy, as we discussed, is on this investigation. Like he Mm -hmm. has told Jacob that I'm willing to do whatever I have to do. To protect you and he said that quite a few times throughout mm-hmm. this show so far um so what he ends up doing i think will be an interesting thing for us to see but he's he's shaking down kids that's what he's doing he's out here shaking down kids throwing away knives trying to keep his son out of trouble mm-hmm. but because of his investigation we find out about 
um, Sarah, Derek, and um, Ben. Ben. Mm -hmm. What did you all think about one, what we found out? Do you think it's a true story? And then I want to know what you all thought about Jacob's response to Sarah. Yeah, I didn't doubt the story for one second. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they were talking. He, he told her, um, you know, if you don't basically perform a sexual act on me, um, I'm going to release these news that you sent me through the whole school. So basically, he's a sexual predator. That's an act of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was fascinating. I thought even more interesting what it says about the culture was that when um, Derek, quote unquote, tried to save her and stole the front phone and bought it to her, her reaction was, I can't believe you did that. He, he, she said it was like he didn't realize we're going to get into more trouble once we, you know, people found out, find out that he stole the phone in the, that whole situation. And I was like, how can the victim of a sexual crime be the one worried about getting in trouble? That's the kind of messed up society we're in when she's worried about getting in trouble because of news and not worried about him that should be getting in trouble for sexual violence. That's ridiculous. I was so pissed about that. I mean, I have daughters. I was just so incensed, like, and I have talked to my kids about this kind of thing, about, you know, nudes. And I think everyone who has kids in today's day and age talks about nudes and sexting and that whole deal with their kids. But the whole idea that she was worried when she was the one who was being manipulated and was the victim of essentially sexual violence, that is just so frustrating to me. Um, yeah. And then it just shows us, like, this kid was a dirtbag. Oh, did that? <clears throat> yeah, that kind of uh, it didn't kind of it really did trigger me because I I've seen people um in high school and in college up until recently be put in positions like that too, and the victims are kind of scared to to reach out because they're scared scared of the backlash from that when they're kind of put in a position of being manipulated from a sexual standpoint too. So it's like it's just messed up all across the board. And I feel like that happening in this, in this episode was like, wow, that's crazy. Cause it stuff like that literally happens all the time, like across the board. So that kind of made me mad when Jacob said what he said. And I'm like, all right, you, you lost some sympathy for me, dog. But uh, yeah, I kind of predicted that, that it was something going on with those group of people in the earlier episode so I'm like okay I, I see where this is going now but I still think there's some puzzles missing to the pieces because I feel like Jacob is in certain plot points of whatever was going on in that circle so I feel like that'll be exposed later on in, ep in uh, later episodes of what was actually going on in that group because they did call him um called Jacob Ben called him gay but the 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 actual slur um the f word slur of that so I feel like it was some stuff mm -hmm. going on with Ben and Jacob too in terms of that that I mean for me that was just so interesting too out of mm -hmm. everything that was revealed to you this is exculpatory evidence you might be able to be proven innocent um, a person that you thought would was your friend is basically the victim of a sexual crime like all of these different things and the way he processes it, 
is to call her a slut, is to slut shame her. I was just like, uh, he, I was like, he is watching that, that weird porn. Like he, he, he does not have a, an adequate, healthy view of women. I mean, I just thought that little piece of interaction just said so much about um, sexuality, sexual relationships, so much about what it means to like function as a teenager in, in like society today. Well, I thought it was interesting and I didn't think about this completely mm -hmm. at the time, but in sexual situations, sexual assault situations, um, oftentimes the victim is afraid to talk for whatever reason mm -hmm. it, it, it take on a lot of guilt. So I could imagine that Sarah would feel like, well, this was my fault. I should have never sent the picture. I don't want people to know that I did that. But also I think that Sarah is the one person or one of the few people throughout this show that has maintained like a genuine, um, a genuineness about her and just a good kind spirit. So mm -hmm. I think that while what Derek did, not Derek, Ben did was wrong, I, I think she's one of those people that feels like two wrongs don't make a right. And so Derek stealing that phone to her felt like another wrong. And, and I don't think she could see the good in it because I, I mean, I think part of me would have been like, great, give me that phone. And another part of me, I could see being like, oh, wait, like we can't do this because this is wrong too. Mm -hmm. And so I just... And she, even in telling her story, she was so concerned about Jacob and how he was going to feel about it. Um, so I just think that Sarah is one of those people that like really just wants to do the right thing. Right thing, yeah. Regardless. And I'm a little confused as to why Jacob would have been upset anyway. You know, like I don't understand why Sarah knew that he would be upset. And I don't understand from a rational standpoint why he was upset. But I did think, like, when they were having that text exchange that night, I, like, thought he was going to threaten her. Um, so I'm not surprised that he called her. Like, I'm not surprised that he did something that wasn't nice. I was surprised that he called her a slut. But I'm proud of her for just putting the phone down and, like, being done with it. But, I, yeah, no, like, after I saw that, coupled with, Lori telling the doctor about that bowling ball. And so I think it was Kay who last episode Man. was like, are we sure he was going to hit the kid with the bowling ball? <laughs> <laughs> we can be pretty sure that he was going to take that kid out with that bowling ball. <laughs> well, she uh, said they was I, arguing and everything so. first. I'm thinking it was just at a bowling party. She's like, right. I didn't know your ball. Uh -oh. And then even when she talked about how he looked at her, like after she took the ball. You know, like Jacob, and then the cutting room, like the more we hear about Jacob, the more I think we're getting this picture that maybe he is disturbed in some ways and has some, um, some something going on. Y'all haven't got that, that notion before? Well, I got that notion episode one. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah I they feel try like, to make him creepy, but there's a difference right. between just right. I just creepy. feel like he hasn't displayed any type of emotions, really. I feel like he's really disassociated from a lot of feelings or something. I just never got that much feeling from him. And or angry, right? So when we do see an yeah. emotion, he's upset about something. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. But then, you know, the episode ends with that kid, Matt, calling mm -hmm. Andy. Well, first of all, <gasps> give that kid an Emmy for that performance alone, honey. For him on the phone and then hanging up the phone and then smoking the fog and then laying it there. I was like, so much. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I'm like, that's all it takes to get an Emmy these days? Right. Like, nah, you, gotta do, you gotta do more than that. <laughs> he did the most.
most. Uh-uh. He was like, he was like, I got a page and a half. I'm about to get y'all about to get all of this in this page and a half. <laughs> he didn't do good with that. Just that. Page I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this poor boy. Oh. But do you think Andy knew it was him? I felt like Andy should have known it was him. But how do you not know? Especially because they've been getting death threat postcards to their house. That could be anybody else. I feel like, especially with that music in the background, like when I heard, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just feel like it should have taken Andy straight back to his house. Like, to, it just mm-hmm. felt the same to me. Mm-hmm. I just felt like a young boy. That could be anybody calling his house to prank him and be like, your son sucks or you sucks or whatever. But actually, I think he did know because he was like saying, um, he was basically saying, give me or like start talking if you're actually going to have the nerves to say something. So I feel like he kind of did know who he was. I kind of felt that too in that moment, but I wasn't really mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Nah, so I don't think so. How much he wanted that boy to tell him something like. But the same thing, like he's Andy. He's so crazy. I can see him being like, it's you. He would get out of the bed, drive to the boy house on a half tank of gas, even though he lived a state away, uh, and be like, Andy, give it up. Andy you call my house, what you got? No. He Andy ain't. Is, <laughs> right. You, the difference he got a little is, sense. Crazy people. <laughs> Don't care who the who the target is, right? Like crazy people are the same, <laughs> regardless of who's on the other end. The people that play crazy right. play tough, tailor their behavior based on who they're talking to. And Andy has shown us that he's that person who tailors his behavior based on who he's talking to. And mm-hmm. he's his own worst enemy. Like when he got all big and bad, even on the phone, the kid hung up the phone and was like, "F this!" Like if he had just taken a nicer approach of. I'm here listening if you have something to say. Or- right. But he ain't never taken a nicer approach. That ain't even personality, period. Like- Except when he was talking to his daddy. <laughs> well, he said the daddy punched him out. His daddy, though. He was just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. He wasn't like, okay, then. He was just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, so I think that that kid is coming back. Hopefully, I'll be excited to hear what else he has to say because he got something. And I, oh. He definitely has something to say. I think that has set us up for a a good spot to move on to our special segment, news and gossip, and then to come back and hit our predictions. Okay, what do you have for us today? Yeah, yeah. So um, in a special segment today, I wanted to go over, just as we were talking, as I was watching and looking at um, Jacob in particular, and they were talking about the clutter room stuff. I think Bree has this to throw up. I was like the guy in the um, the beautiful mind with all the things on the wall. Like, wait a minute, is he is Jacob a psychopath or could he be a sociopath? I thought it was really interesting that um, Sarah sent him the te- well, he sent Sarah the text of Psycho of his face on Psycho, and we know the movie Psycho. I had never seen it. I had to look it up. Um, interestingly enough, was about a guy that was a psycho killer. But in the end, this guy confesses, but nobody believes him when he confesses. So he gets off, even though he's murdered multiple people. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, is he trying to come forth and tell us something? And are his parents continually saving him? I thought that was an interesting thing. But so the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. So uh, Brie has this also. She probably can throw up. Uh, I have a breakdown of the two. So I was reading through psychopaths. Psychopaths blend into society. They pretend to have emotion. They don't feel feelings of guilt or have a conscience. As I was reading through these things, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not sure if this sounds like Jacob, but it does sound like Andrew. He is successful. 
He's blended into society. He does not have any feelings of guilt. When he hides the knife, when he shakes down people, he never thinks twice about it. Also, psychopaths manipulate people and they use relationships and they very rarely have close friends. They usually do not have close friends. And we know that about him. His only quote unquote friend, he continually goes to to manipulate her to get information. And that is Duffy. So I really feel like Latoya in the beginning, you kept saying something is off with this family. They look a certain way, but they're not a certain way. And that is essential to a psychopath's personality. They look like a real person because they're really good at mimicking, but they are not a real person. So I feel like the crazy thing in this story is we're going to find out that the true psychopath is Andrew. And the reason why I don't think he's a sociopath, because the sociopath um, is reckless. They usually don't have a long-term job, so they can't be successful. They're not able to stay put. They swing in their emotions. You know, a, a psycho has a really flat affect, but they can mimic things. But a sociopath is really angry, and they can't control emotions. So that would be more similar to, like, his dad you know, type of thing. And maybe even Jacob, who maybe lashed out at one point and did murder, but they can also have close friends around. So very different from the psychopath model. So it's interesting that I was looking at Jacob, but what really stood out to me was Andrew. So I think that's going to be something to think about as we move forward. Um, especially the whole idea of the image being really important. We see him time and time again, there was a moment when they were on the couch as a family laughing or whatever, and he just kind of looked over at them. And I feel like he does though, he has those moments a lot when he's observing people um, having fun or enjoyment, especially his family. And it seems like he takes a step back. Now, initially I thought, oh, he's just admiring his family, blah, blah. blah. But as seeing it from a psychopath lens, I'm like, ooh, he's probably observing so he can mimic that more. So it's really interesting. I think. Um, his loyalty to Jacob comes from that deep-seated, you know, heart of the psychopath, which wants things to look a certain way. And so his loyalty to Jacob is it needs to look this way because I'm his father and our family needs to look this way. So um, that is my special segment for today. Next week, we'll be back with the Innocence Project, but that was just something that stood out to me. So I will let Elgin take it because he has news and gossip. All right. Well, as of yesterday on Deadline, which is uh, a big website that is for actors and uh, other news pertaining to TV shows, it was stated that Defending Jacob is on the track for being Apple TV's next breakout show. So it's racking up those views. So all I got to do is keep on watching and tell everybody to keep on watching or introduce people to Defending Jacob. And it's well on its way to be in that show. So. I saw that. That's mm -hmm. great. So let's talk about predictions. What do you and think now, is happening in episode you're after Buzz TV. I'll let you go first, Elgin. Ooh, I don't know. It's going to be more of a mystery. More of the mystery that's revolving around with the characters is going to be shown more. I think they may introduce a new character. Um, but yeah, I have a working theory, though, now that you said that. I think Andy could be the killer. And he's trying to cover up his tracks 
because he thought that he might get caught, but it just so happened to be his son instead. So he got to work extra double time to, uh, to cover that up. So that's just a working theory. Very interesting. <laughs> I think since we found out that Derek has Ben's cell phone and they're going to get Ben's cell phone, oh boy, it's going to have all types of crazy stuff on there. It's going to be, I think it's going to be incriminating everybody. It's going to have stuff about Sarah, but then it's also going to have um, stuff from Derek. And we don't know how far the bullying went with uh, Jacob. There could be some back and forth stuff with them. And if there is any mm-hmm. kind of back and forth like beef stuff that's gonna look really bad like on Jacob if he said anything negative you know or like Elgin said if they were exploring some type of homosexual relationship that could be like a a huge um bomb drop but hopefully I'm just hoping that it has as much information and is as on the edge of your seat as this episode was because I think I agree with you Elgin I think it's probably my favorite episode of the season period I think we're going to see more of Matt. I think he's going to mm-hmm. come back next episode. And through him, we're going to learn more about Neil. Was that his name? The sex offender? I think Neil. Is he the DA? Other DA? Maybe. I may have that wrong. But oh, I'm yeah. Not... Neil is the DA guy we hate. Okay. Not him, then. The the sex offender who is a sex suspect. offender, yeah. Right. Oh, Pat or Pat? Pat, Pat or something Pat. like that. Pat. yeah. yeah. I think Lori's going to hit her breaking point. She's so close. She's kind of spiraling and she feels all alone. And it's clear that she's not real sure about Jacob or Andy. Um, And so I think that like, we're going to see Lori go even deeper before she, you know, hopefully comes out on the other side. Um, I'm sure we'll see more of Andy shaking down some people. And I, (laughs) I think that there'll be more Jacob and Sarah. I kind of feel like they'll reconcile. I'm just interested to see how that happens. Because if I, I was Sarah, so. I don't know. I, I really want Sarah to be done with Jacob, but I just feel like Sarah's such like a good-hearted person and she's going to feel like he needs me and I shouldn't have done those things. And then she's going to rationalize it and she's going to like be back in his corner. Which um, is sad. Don't try she to deserves save nobody. Better. I saw a meme that said, she's Sarah Sarah's so cute. I just love her and her character. Um, So yeah, episode five will be super interesting for sure. Um, That's all we have today, unless either one of you would like to add anything. Let me look through my notes. Save Sarah. Is that the hashtag? Save Sarah. Defended Sarah (laughs) at this point. She's the only she's the only redeemable one in the whole situation. Like, oh my gosh. And Lori, yeah. I, guess. I wonder if we're gonna too. see the I wonder if we're gonna see the dad again. Do you think we're done with him? Are we oh, gonna see the conversation that Lori had with the dad? You think? I think we'll see more of him. They're gonna test him. We're gonna get his test results. There's gonna be like exploration of those test results. I, yeah, I don't think that is gone. Oh, you know what's interesting? In the kitchen, after he she told him, you know, that she talked to the dad, she said, "You have his eyes." Remember that? Yeah. And yeah. then when she's talking to the the doctor, she said she was looking into Jacob's Jacob's eyes, and they were just so, you know, she couldn't believe the look on his face, blah blah. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Does he have his dad's eyes? Does Jacob have his dad's eyes? You what know, Andrew has his dad's eyes. What I wish are we going with the past down? Because I was reading some things about um, 
about psychopaths and they were saying that there is an idea that the that there's a point of it that's hereditary so i think that's where that whole murder gene idea comes from even though i had never heard of that before what if we find out that laurie isn't um jacob's biological mom (laughs) oh okay we can go on and on and on (laughs) but but i would have been left i would be like "Uh -uh." she's so skeptical right and she, she mm-hmm. literally looked at Jacob like, I don't know who you are. And I would think that if the towel was of your body, then there would be a little bit more of you that was like, this can't be my kid, right? Like, that's not the kid I know. I don't have children, so I don't know. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Lori wasn't Jacob's girl mom. On that note, <laughs> where can our viewers find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at host K. That's H O S T K A Y. Other shows? Um, I am doing Council of Dads. I'm doing Council of Dads tonight on Friday at Friday and Friday night. And also starting on Monday, I'll be doing the Black Hollywood Reporter, which will be going behind Black Hollywood, behind the scenes, and doing the business side of Hollywood. So check that out as well. All right. And you guys can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Elgin underscore ball. And I'm currently on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Reno 911, Black Twitter, and Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> you guys A lot of shows. I'm Latoya Blakely. You can find me on Instagram at Latoya period Blakely, on Twitter at Blakely Latoya. And as of next week, I will be joining the Camp Getaway panel. So check us out. We hope you have enjoyed the show tonight and have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.